1: Welcome to 51 First Dates.
0: I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe.
1: Maybe. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers. Hi, everybody. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And this is 51 First Dates, a podcast that Holds your hand through this this wild experience of life, dating, relationships, being single and living it up. I mean, we love you. We're here for you. And today we have a really good episode for you and some really weird vibes to begin with.
0: <laughs> I just ranted. Kimmy was like, what if we ranted for a minute at the top of the episode? And then I ranted to her for <laughs> almost 10 minutes about nonsense. And then we decided to start the episode because I was being a monster. That's- I was abusing your friendship ear when we're supposed to be podcasting. I
1: would never call that abuse. I would call that use, like not using in the bad way, just like that's what a friendship ear is for. And, you know, we've both got some weird energy. I feel like the world has some weird energy. I feel like it's very negative energy. And I'd like to push past that. So maybe we can just – power through and be positive though our topic today is fighting so we are
0: <laughs> let's be super positive about it
1: um we are we do have a good episode though I feel like fighting is something that's important to talk about whether it's tiffs at the beginning of dating whether it's fighting with family and friends Though we will focus more on kind of romantic relations uh whether it's big old fights you get in when you've been living together for a while during a pandemic and you know are a Scorpio uh and yeah. someone leaves the gas on. And someone <laughs> leaves the gas on. If I sound <laughs> really angsty, I know, it's like we, Liza and I were supposed to record earlier today. We know we're coming at you again a little late this week. Life is relentless, but I'm really glad to be alive at the same time. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Wow. <laughs> I like, you're doing to the amazing, doctor. Ladies. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we had a little incident this morning in my household where I uh, woke up. And a certain someone said, uh-oh, smells like gas downstairs. I think we left the gas on the stove on without the flame. So that was fun. We didn't die, very thankfully. I don't think – I think I think a lot of people this happens to and they don't die. But uh, we had our our upstairs like sliding door open all night, which is very uncommon for us because we had cooked and we were like, the smell is kind of strong. It was probably the gas already. <laughs> like, we like, why isn't it <laughs> – And uh, so that that may have been a good thing. I just also want to add in this weirdness, we ended up closing that sliding door kind of midway through the night because we heard like cats fighting. And (laughs) I will tell you one more thing. Sorry, just LA is not a great place right now. Truly, if you live here, stay safe. Uh, Liza, when I returned from Thanksgiving, so tired. The first morning we looked outside into our backyard and lo and behold, there was a, (laughs) it's so gross, a totally... Dead, but no more. Just bones of a bird sitting, oh sitting on our table, on our back, like outdoor table. And it was like, is this? Did someone eat this bird and leave it? And is going to murder us next? Or is it an animal? Must have been one of these feral cats because <laughs> the next day it was gone. Something took it away. But I've never seen that anything is like it.
0: Fucking ooky spooky. Ookie that spooky. Is scary.
1: I don't like it. I, I really do like LA, but I I haven't liked it lately. <laughs> I, I don't like gas. It scares me. And that was my rant. And I apologize if you're new here. We, we don't always do this. But what a
0: morning. <laughs> and I <week>. mean, <laughs> Kimmy, one of Kimmy's biggest fears is gas. Yes. Like I, I. So when you texted me, I was like, Godspeed. Be safe. Do your thing. You know, like is. that is a trigger. You do not like that. And who? I mean, look, nobody likes that. But it's, we, were shoot, we were shooting something at one point on a set that all of a sudden smelled like gas. And it was right after there was a huge building explosion in New York. And it was, I still remember, like, the terror of that day. Um, gas is scary. Turn off your stoves or electric stoves. Liza,
1: my last thing on the gas is that when the, the Con Ed guy came, or it's not. It's SoCal so gas here, but I forever Con Ed. Um, he was like, oh let's see with his little stick like it's not oh let me just try this flame he popped the flame on I was like what are you doing Oh <laughs> my god! Say, but I had to play it cool because he was being very helpful and I was being quite panicked but anyway just be safe always check your knobs love you all let's talk about fights uh, <laughs> let's talk about what's on the docket today we're gonna do some quick consumption right Liza
0: mm-hmm. then
1: we're gonna do Rapid response questions where we answer some of your questions, like really quick bites, little like mini pep talk corner. And then what are we going to talk about?
0: (laughs) Then (laughs) we are going to talk about fighting. (laughs) We're going to we're going to talk about it through uh, an article and some framework laid out by our forever hero, Esther Perel. We're going to talk about uh, about how we fight, why we fight why fights tend to be repetitive, what it means, how to look internal at internally at yourself and why you're fighting the way you do. And also when fights are... When to, when to hold your ground and when to compromise. I think that's a really tough thing in fights. It continues to be a tough thing for me and it's tougher based on the dynamics of your relationship. So we're going to be covering a lot of ground. I've been thinking all day, like, what are my common fights? Because I want to, like try to de-construct de- yeah. and explain so we're gonna do all all things fighting and um and then we're gonna do a listener question that I'm, is like fun and upbeat after yes, we will pump, after we pump, talk pump about, about all this like bummer shit but I feel like okay listen whether
1: again you're in a relationship or early stages of dating or truly just like bless you Living the single life and probably not having to put up with bites and things. I do think I'm gonna try to be as honest as I can be. And I'm a really I'm really bad at fighting. I'm really bad at being like coming around and letting go and stop and stopping my stubborn ways in a fight. So maybe this will just be like juicy and fun to be like, ooh. Yeah, I don't want a relationship. Or, oh, yeah, my relationship gets in weird fights like that, too. So I hope it's not like entirely negative, if I'm being clear.
0: Yeah. Or like I'm big about normalizing fighting. Yeah. Because I also think that it can be really taboo to talk about fighting, even with like your girlfriends. Like, I feel like for a while, it's like if you talk about fighting or fights you've had, everyone's going to be like, oh my God, the breakup with him, leave his ass, blah, 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 whatever, which is definitely the right answer sometimes. Sometimes fighting is toxic and bad. And also, everybody fights. Everyone in a relationship fights. So to pretend that you don't, and honestly, if you're not fighting, like, I think that's potentially more of a problem because it means that someone isn't being straightforward or forthright about the way they're feeling, truly. Like, I I think that that's sometimes points to bigger communication issues. But- it can be like kind of weirdly taboo to talk about fighting. So I love talking about it. One of my favorite table topics for like anytime we see friends now that are in a cup co- that are uh, partnered is what was your biggest COVID fight? I love to ask people that because it's hilarious and everyone's is funny. I mean, I look, I wouldn't, I have some friends who are in relationships that I, I don't think are great and I would not ask that of those friends. <laughs> like you got to pick your audience with this one. Mm-hmm. But for my friends who are in really strong relationships that are like, they have a great rapport and they're open about their relationship and whatever. I love asking this question because it's always hilarious in, in those situations. Um, And on the occasions that it hasn't been, it's been interesting to talk about.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, Liza, we actually talked about kind of my biggest one and I'll get into it a little bit today without, you know, sharing all the details of my life. But I think that mine is not a funny one, sadly, my biggest fight of COVID. But I also think it will be a, it, it has made me reflect on who I am in relationship out of relationships just who I am and what gets me going and what I really I need to where I need to
0: kind of mature a little bit totally well, we all have those and I should say by saying that When I everyone's COVID fights are hilarious. I'm also asking these things like at bars or at dinner parties where people are going to be like, oh, my God, the thermostat. It got to the point where blah, blah, blah. Like people aren't going to be like. And then we had a moment where we really rethought whether our (laughs) relationship was valid, which also I think a lot of people had, which is fucking fine and normal and whatever. But so so I am sure that like there is some some bias there and that this is a question I like to ask people when we're hanging out and drinking and having fun. Um, so I'm correcting, I'm corrections cornering myself from three minutes ago. No, um, and I
1: think it's a really good point, Liza. Also, just we are talking about fighting today in the way, like, fighting like brother sister fighting. Well, not even that because that involves hitting usually, but not talking about abusive relationships or conflicts and we've done episodes with experts on things like that. I don't feel qualified to give any kind of advice around that. I'm t- we're talking about like normalizing healthy fighting. Normalizing, yes. you know, well the the article will kind of give you more context, but I just want to caveat that because
0: totally. verbal arguments in a relationship where the power power dynamic is generally well-balanced and there is not like underlying physical or emotional abuse.
1: Yes. Very, very exactly well put.
0: Okay. Well, Liza, any quick consumption corner? What are you watching? What are you listening to? Okay. So here's the thing, and I do understand this is pretentious, but (laughs) I have been trying to understand David Lynch because I've never been a big fan and everyone seems to love him. And when everyone loves something... And I don't. <laughs> I kind of am like, well, I'm wrong. So I should figure that out. Um, Are so you So I watched... I don't know. Okay, so I watched the first, like, three episodes of Twin Peaks. Because everyone's like, Twin Peaks is the best. I just... And I love true crime. And I love weird, stylized movies. And I'm like, this is for me. And I have tried to watch it a million times. And I just can't get into it. And I've pushed through. This time, I had only ever watched the pilot. And I was just like, oh, this is, like, slow. I can't do it. I can't whatever... I watched the th- first three and a half episodes and then I was like, oh, I can't do it anymore. So I might continue, but I also watched Mulholland Drive, which I had never seen. Oh, I do like and that And damn, I fucking loved that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, loved. I did have to watch like five YouTube videos after I watched it to try to understand <laughs> it. But I like liked it. Like, it, it fucked with me in a good way and it was like a thriller that wasn't scary, which I really appreciate. Yeah. Um, and parts of it are a little scary, but it's not like a horror movie. It's just like suspenseful and mysterious. And um, I'm a big wimp who can't really watch horror movies because I'm a little baby crier. So it was good for me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed it. So, you know, if anyone wants to uh, slide into my DM- DMs with um, the case for Twin Peaks or what I'm getting wrong, I would be very open to that. You can do that at Five One First Dates Pod. <laughs> wow, I wonder
1: how many DMs you'll get. <laughs>
0: I wonder what probably not. Everyone's going to be like, "There's." I don't know that there's a big overlap of Twin Peaks fans and Fifty One First Dates fans, but <laughs> honestly, there Maybe. probably is. Who knows? There actually may Let be. us yeah. know.
1: Yeah. Uh, what about you? Oh my! So I just have one recommendation, one recommendation only, and I don't even know if this season is as good as the first because I've just started it. But the great. Is the greatest show that is set in another period. It's better than Bridgerton. And it is the show on Hulu um, with Elle Fanning and Nicholas Holt about Catherine the Great that's like very much full of swearing and not totally accurate at all. Uh, and I just think Nicholas Holt gives like the best performance ever. He's so good. He needs all the awards. He's so funny at being the dumb monarch or. Monarch anymore? Well, no spoilers. Just check it out. The first season was incredible, and the second season just came out. And it's not just because I have allegiances. I really do love this show and recommend it.
0: Yeah, you know who's a writer on that show is Amelia Roper, that Australian girl. You remember oh, her? That is She's a writer on that show. very, She's very, very talented. Cool. Very talented. Yeah, playwright. Like shout out person to Amelia. Wow. Um, yes. Okay. Um, should we do it? Should we talk about fighting first? We're gonna do our rapid questions. Oh, oh my gosh, I forgot.
1: Yes, no, no, no. These are good. Little little quick booster shots of pep talk. Um. Okay. So, Liza, I'm gonna mostly grill you because I collected them and I have not shared them with you. Sorry. Uh. So, okay, I love it. We're doing holiday season date ideas that aren't too cheesy.
0: Ooh. Okay, here's one. Uh yeah. there are a ton. This is so my brand. There are a ton of holiday drag shows. And I think like in in many cities there's a drag bar and there's always like drag cabaret around the holidays and it's like funny but they all a lot of times the queens also sing Christmas music. Like it it has you know there's like it's like a nod to the holidays while also being fun and silly. I went to see Bridget Everett at Joe's pub last night. So holiday cabaret is top of mind. And mostly it was all very, very funny and silly. And then she also sang two songs that made me cry. So I'm just a fan of the like, laugh, cry, feel good holiday spirit. So that would be my rec is like some kind of cabaret and or drag show.
1: I am thinking about this in real time. But one, I kind of feel like lean into the cheesiness. Like I love going to a holiday bar. I don't Envy those bartenders making all those drinks. I went to one of those like chain holiday – they're called Miracle Bars when, for Thanksgiving. And I don't really even want those drinks, but I just like all the lights being around and people being in a holiday spirit, you know? So I would totally. say like, Into put on cheese. your
0: goddamn turtleneck sweater and do it. Yeah. It feels good. Yeah.
1: And another one that if you're like <laughs> – I feel like Olivia might have done this or I'm just misremembering and – I'm this is the least romantic date ever. But if you want to, you know, two birds, one stone, maybe like a shopping date, especially I think supply chain is getting a lot better, but I don't know, like walk around a mall or not a mall. I kind of like malls, but walk around. If you live in New York city, my gosh, just like go shopping together and have the input of someone who you, I doesn't really know you. I just feel like you've learned so much about each other. Oh, Olivia went plant shopping, but I, I think there's a, Thing to be like, hey, do you have any Christmas gifts or holiday Hanukkah gifts you need to buy? Like, let's go do that. Hurry up if it's Hanukkah. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and if you're had if you're uh you know straight and you're going on a shopping date with someone of the opposite gender, great input. Mm-hmm. If you, you know what I mean. Sometimes I have a hard time buying like dad and brother gifts because I'm like I don't know what boys like. I know this is very like gendered and problematic, but. You know it's tricky, especially for people of different generations. Yada yada yada. It, sometimes it's just good to have another mind with different perspectives. So yeah. it's fun. You can learn about their family. You can learn about who they're buying gifts for, which tells you a lot about who they're close to. I love it. And grab a cocktail before, after, yeah. or in the middle. Yeah, totally. Get a get a coffee with some Bailey's in it. I don't know. I love it. it. Fun. Yeah. Have a little.
1: Yeah. Make your coffee sneaky. Uh, okay. Is it weird to have professional photos on my dating app? What do you think?
0: Professional photos. I'm assuming this is like the kind of business headshot thing. Yeah. Or do we think it's – yeah.
1: I think that. I think it could also be um, – I think that's one thing. I think also if you got – like what if you got a photographer to take pictures of you for your dating app?
0: Um, I would avoid it, but I don't know Why? Yeah, yeah. I don't have a reason. It's that's just my gut feeling is I would avoid it.
1: My gut feeling is I would avoid it. But I then I actually think I know why and it's just like I don't want to be trying too hard or investing in dating, but I think about it a little more and I'm like, no. Like if you want what's wrong with like getting some really good pictures on your that's your true. profile. I don't know. That's I, I feel myself like being kind of
0: uh like a cool girl in, in my way. That's of a really about good this. point. That's a really good point. I would say that part of my wanting to avoid it is that I also think that professional photos, as someone who has had a few headshots taken <laughs> in my life, and so I am probably judging incorrectly based on headshots, like they don't really look like you. Mm-hmm. I think. Candid photos just rep- tend to represent you better, your personality, what you like doing, how you really look out in the world in situations where you, you know, Script whereas professional photos, I don't know that they convey much about you except like what you can look like in good lighting on a day where you plan to have your photo taken. Yeah. Like I want a dating site photo to show personality and interest and other things and I just don't know that professional photos are the best way to do that so that's part of my response but also part of it is certainly what you're saying which I would say yes fight against yeah no have no no. A professional I think, photographer take pictures of you playing volleyball you know I don't know whatever it is whatever yeah. you like
1: to do yeah though that's kind of fun yeah I not, definitely not a LinkedIn photo and maybe it doesn't have to be a professional photographer but like no shame in having your friend like like go go Arrange an afternoon, go go shopping together. I don't know, arrange an afternoon where you can take some like candid photos that are also like kind of organized. Like your friend who's like a totally Good with the camera
0: and will be honest with you about it. Oh how my you god. Look. Yeah, do that. I would definitely if I need if I was gonna get on dating apps, I would need you to fly to New York and we would have to spend two to three days capturing photo content. Like it would you can I think you can definitely be intentional about it. But you know, just like some some put some stuff in the frame with you. Put some stuff in the frame with you. Exactly.
1: All right. Um, I want to tell the person I've been going on dates with that I want us to stop seeing other people. Scary. How should I do it? We've talked about this before, but let's just do like a rapid in this year of our Lord, twenty twenty one. I almost called it twenty twenty. What, <laughs> what's the vibe? What did What do you think, Liza?
0: I think you want to. I mean, this is so much easier said than done. I think you just have to say it. I think you have to say like, hey, I have been thinking about not seeing other people. I would like to pursue this as a relationship that's a little bit more committed for the time being. How do you feel?
1: Yeah. And I think, yeah, actually realizing now that we touched on this kind of recently in a different way. But to your, what Liza said, you say it from, I want to do this. It's so scary. If you have to do it in text, I'm even okay with that. I don't know how many dates you've been on, but gotta do it. You gotta be like, I, life is short. I you don't have to say life is short, but I want this. Not what do you want? What do you see? Because that that never works. So totally aligned. Okay. Um, last one. Is it weird if the person I'm dating doesn't have social media? Is it weirder if they deleted it or if they just
0: have never had it? I mean, I more no, it's great that they don't have social media. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> yes. I hate social media. I'm so anti-social media. I wish I could get the fuck off of it and stay off of it forever. I think it's a toxic force in our society that prevents us from connecting with each other. Mm-hmm. So if someone doesn't have social media, I think they're a fucking gem who cares about the right things. But also... I'm projecting a lot of my own bullshit and I know that lots of people use social media to connect and have it is a, a positive influence on a lot of people's lives. Is It's it just I have not had that experience with it. Yeah. And January 6th. To me. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and to me it's also a way like I uh, Jeff has been really it it drove me crazy for a long time and now I appreciate it so much about him. He will not speak to me if I'm scrolling on Instagram or if I'm looking at my phone. Like, and it's like, we have, speaking of fights, we have had fights about this where I'm like, I can multitask just because I'm holding my phone doesn't mean you won't talk to me. And he's like, I don't want to. Like, yeah, if we're talking about if you've taken the dog out, it's fine. But if I'm trying to talk to you about, like, my day or my feelings or even, like, what we're watching on TV or what we're having for dinner, like, I want to be present and connected with you. Like, it's annoying. And, like, he's fucking right. We've all experienced that from the other side. Okay, this is, again, I am primed to rant today, so I will stop. I don't think you should judge anyone for choosing not to engage with social media, but I think it could be a really interesting topic to ask about. Be Like, so why don't you have social media? Like, I'm really yeah. interested in that. It's, is it like a conscious choice or you just never got into it or whatever? Like, ask them their thoughts and reasonings on it and listen to them. And honestly, it could be like a really cool thing. Yep. I think we yeah, they could be. A serial killer. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I mean, yeah,
1: there's a world in which it was deleted because they were trolling everyone and their mother or got banned. But that's probably not the case. I don't really think you can say if it's weirder if they deleted it or never had it. Either way, they've realized it's a bad force in their lives and they did something about it, which is something I haven't been able to do. So also kind of so I'm dating someone who is very much also annoyed when I'm on my phone and who very much is not active on Instagram, but who was active on Instagram, posted like his first story in a million years. At the F1 car race in Austin, which, again, my insecurities led me to be like, you never post me. You're posting the cars. Out of control. Out of control. Even, and I'm grateful that he's not, like, more active or, like, liking model photos on Instagram. Like, it just sets you up for failure in a relationship. I'm, like, not into the whole, yes, you win. Found someone without social media? F yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. And think about why it matters so much to you too. And I'm not, I know how that sounds. I know it sounds judgy. Mm -hmm. I am, that is coming out of a judgment of myself, of I, you know, my Instagram engagement is that I occasionally post an Instagram story. And when I do, I think about it nonstop for 24 hours. And I hate that. So I don't post them as much because I know I'm committing to thinking about what people think about me for 24 hours. And like, that's something I've, you know, Yeah, it's my so my relationship to social media is something I talk about in therapy. It's something I think about actively. We I I think that we have it's become normal to accept it as like a a given in our life. And like we don't have to and we should we should always be thinking about our relationship to it.
1: Yeah, maybe I should take a big old break. Instagram doesn't torture me the way it once did. Really tortured me when I was in half relationships, but Twitter does. Yeah, I think it's time for a big break for me. And Liza, I was just thinking about it because you posted a story and you also never post stories of bridget everett but i'm not like she doesn't love jeff because she didn't post jeff but my deepest it triggers exactly whatever your insecurity is even in this relationship which i feel more secure than i've ever felt in your relationship even though there are always you know insecurities that i have it's just like man
0: social media just brings out the absolute worst in me yeah it it does in everybody yeah and that's why i'm like can we all just decide not to? I know. But maybe someday. Can we? Can everybody we? used to smoke, too. You know, everybody in the world. I'm not saying it's the same as smoking, but.
1: I am. Like that documentary. It causes. It's bad. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's really bad. I think it's bad. It's contributing to the fall of democracy. Okay. We'll move on. Okay. Yeah,
0: truly. It's so bad. that is our take, is marry him if he doesn't have social media. Just kidding. Marry okay, him. Let's, all right. Let's take a quick ad break, and then we will come back with our deep dive on fighting.
1: All right, babies, time to fight. Let's fight it out. Okay. Liza, can we start this segment? Y- you're going to lead the rest of this. Liza organized this part of the episode. But can I ask you, what was the most the, the most recent fight you got in? Like even baby yes. tip in your relationship. Oh, yes. And then I'll tell you I mine. Mean, like it's from today. There were more than one today. So I have to pick one.
0: I promise yes, I'm okay. We are <laughs> recording this on a Thursday. And my most recent fight was on Wednesday night. And it was about nothing. It wasn't, I can't even tell you the content of it because it was just, we were both in raucously bitchy moods at the exact same time. And I I will refer to this many times over this thing, but we have been in this weird habit of having these intense fights right at bedtime. And it's because we're both tired. We both have sleep anxiety. We're both insomniacs. We both like are really like, trying to better our sleep hygiene in different ways and sometimes we get like freaked like freaked out by the other person like doing something that's going to affect our sleep and then it becomes a thing of like you don't you know you don't care about me you don't like you're you don't only think about yourself like that's been kind of the tenor of like our our bedtime fights which of course ends up affecting our sleep way more than whatever the fucking thing is because nothing is more unsettling than having a fight right before bed. Like, yep.
1: that's a good it's point. just
0: this vicious, insane cycle that we've often found ourselves in. And then in the daytime, we're like, let's talk about this. We got to stop the sleep fighting. Like, it, it just doesn't make any sense. And it's actually really affecting our sleep schedule. It's like so counter into- counterproductive to mm-hmm. what the fight is about. It's just this this irony and then this cycle, which I think is like just really common in fights, that they tend to be repetitive and cyclical.
1: Yeah. What about you? That's a good point. Well, obviously, there was the gas leak. And then it wasn't (laughs) even as big of a fight because it was just like, well, I was like so stressed. But then I was also taking my time getting out of the house. (laughs) So he was like, what the F? But then I came down later once, you know, everything was in the clear. And I just, I said, there's a place called California Chicken Cafe. Sponsor us. would love it. It's really good. They have little wraps and salads. And it's really good. And the person I'm dating, Tony, date 13, really loves it. So I just came down and I just said, oh, you got Callie Chicky again. And he went, what? Why do you care what I get? <laughs> I was like, oh, oh right. He's like, God, oh, my God. Relatable. Yeah, Relatable. it just happens because I guess we both nitpick each other. I just, sometimes I'm like, we need to save more money or we have leftovers. And it was annoying of me. He definitely overreacted too. Uh I wasn't judging him for eating. It's not like an unhealthy thing. It's not like I was like, oh, like Wendy's again. Like it was Just like I just commented, but I commented out loud and there was something behind it where it was kind of like we have leftovers, but I didn't say that part. And I'm mean, going to get a broccoli out of his wrap.
0: and So that happened. Kimmy, you're like acting as though this fight is <laughs> shameful. I've had this exact same fight like Within the last week, the, like, leftovers versus ordering out, it's, like, another version of, like, the dishes. It's just, like, yes. Yep. And it's funny, because I also think that there is, like, this category of fights that is, like, business partner fights. LOL, because we were business (laughs) partners. Because we, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. But it's, like, you are running a house. It's, like, roommate and money. It's, like, it's your roommate and you guys have shared financial concerns and interests. And those combinations are stressful. We certainly have a lot of fights over that. Jeff and I had a, not a fight, but a, we have been tense with each other because we've been trying to figure out just like a budget for Christmas shopping. Oh, and I had yeah. to start, I started Christmas shopping. I have a big family and whatever. And he's like, "You we didn't figure out the budget yet. And I'm like, yeah, but I just have to start. And then, you know, we'll figure it out. I'm not spending, I'm not buying anyone exorbitant gifts. Like it's not anything crazy, but it's like, this stuff is just, It's hard if you add in money and roommate stuff to normal, just like relationship stuff,
1: you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, it's just dawning on me. All those like business partner, I feel weirdly more comfortable in this roommate situation with a romantic relationship than like in roommate situations being like, hey, this is the issue. More confrontational, I feel. And it's even like, I also am just like eight other mini, those kind of fights just popped into my yeah. head from the past 24 hours of like, if well, your birthday's coming up, I want to plan something for it. You haven't told me what you want to do. Like, what geography do you want to be within? And it's just, yeah, it's just, I'm snapping left and right, but so is he and it's tough. It's like
0: logistics are tough. Totally. Well, also like we spend 24 hours a day together in the same, you know, it, also, because of COVID, we're together a lot. Something that Jeff and I have been fighting about in general is like making some boundaries around when we come to each other with logistics questions. Hmm. Cause it's like uh, we have both found that like, we'll be in the middle of something else, be in the deep in the middle of a work day. And someone'll uh. be like, oh, hey, we were going to go for a weekend to uh, these people. No. Th-. And I'm like, get the fuck away from me. I don't, even, I don't have the bandwidth whatever. <laughs> and we've had that fight a bunch of times. And so we were like, okay why don't we say like dinner time is logistics time and you know it doesn't really work because in the middle of the day often I'm like I have to have an answer to this now did you pay this (laughs) bill or whatever and you know but it's like it's the the COVID thing has certainly escalated the logistics fighting because there's no separation and it's you know tough yep and I hear you so bad
1: okay that's like it, it it for me it really drives me nuts but it if it comes to me in the middle of the day, a logistics question. But then from the other end, I understand. It's like, well, you never got back to me about that. I can't ask
0: you anything. It's like, yes, I, need, like, like I need to know this now because I have to buy the tickets today because of, you know, like whatever. Like, it's so yeah. dark, but I'm like, email me. Like, if it's a workday, just <laughs> yes. email me. Put it on my, totally. <laughs> but I put I also, it my, on my f- calendar. <laughs> something I've been saying recently is I need you to come to me with solutions, not questions. <laughs> Which is insane. Wow. It's insane. Scary boss. What should I do about this? I'm like, I need you to pitch (laughs) me some things. Okay. (laughs) I can't. It's funny. He solves way more of my problems than I solve his, but like, he's certainly like the more together one in our relationship. But then sometimes I'm just like, can you really not figure this out?
1: Like, yeah. Oh, man. Ah.
0: although he he never says that to me god bless him although i'm sure he thinks it sometimes when the answer is just i don't know restart your computer um okay so let's go into esther's article so this is from um, EstherParel.com, her blog and it's called the relationship fights you keep having we'll link it in the show notes and i just wanted to read this quote as kind of an intro to her general thesis we're not going to like totally cover the article but she has these Um, In this article, she has like this these three hidden dimensions under most relationship fights. And I just thought they were an interesting way to like parse and separate types of fighting. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to read just this quote as like an intro. Your relationship fight isn't about what you think it is. The deeper issues that drive escalation are rarely about the content of our fights. Dirty dishes, too much time on our phone, politics, the kids. They're about the needs, vulnerabilities and biases that get triggered over and over again. And I just think that's really important to think about. And again, we're talking about a relationship otherwise healthy. Like, I, I don't want to suggest, like, it's all you, girl. Like, make it work. Like, that's not it. Because in a lot of relationships, it's not, it's not healthy, balanced fighting. I'm talking about, like, if you are not in an emotionally abusive relationship, you're in, like, an otherwise healthy relationship, I think it's really important to look at yourself when you're fighting and what, like, how you respond to things where you get emotional, like, that's been helpful for me, like, being in therapy and, like, processing fights with my therapist um, and processing fights. Jeff and I like to do a post-mortem on our fights where we're Ooh, like, okay, yeah. that was a gnarly one. What do we do bad? What could we do better? You know? And that's just, like, been really, really helpful. Like, on an early fight, we got a little bit into name-calling. mm mm-hmm. um, and- I do that. Yep. Yeah it's tough but we just like early on decided and promised like no goddamn name calling no matter how angry we get like no name calling and we've almost completely stuck to it for like the duration of our relationship that's there have been a few instances on both sides where we have broken that (laughs) pact but then afterwards it's like a yeah i fucked up because we agreed no name calling and like yep you know so it's like sometimes the postmortems i think are are wildly helpful. Um, I think
1: they're wildly helpful, um, or I imagine. They're also helpful – I actually probably have more experience with them because I'm still a stubborn little baby. Postmortems, like early on in dating tiffs or fights too, like even if you don't do it with the other person, just like with yourself, like what triggered me in this moment? Why did I react to his not responding to my text or their – Liking all these, again, speaking very much about myself here, um, liking all these photos on Instagram when you used to be able to see that. Like why did I like lash out like that after? And yeah, what can I kind of hold myself to because I didn't like the way it made me feel at the end and how could I better communicate that and things. I just am thinking about when fights feel like fights almost with yourself early on in dating where you're just like, you know, some people aren't as maybe angry as me so they don't turn into like, the angry it's not the anger maybe it's just like uh, sadness but I think we all feel a little anger whether it's being ghosted or just feeling like someone's vibe has changed or they're ignoring you whatever I would just say like do a little postmortem with yourself after you maybe say
0: something you kind of wish you didn't say totally I feel like it's really it's really interesting to note like where what the emotion is and like what was the moment that caused it you Mm -hmm. know. Am I angry, sad, depressed, frustrated, like, you know, feeling – any of the feelings you might feel. Um, Revengeful. That was always a big thing for me was, like, I'm going to show him or whatever, which Mm -hmm. is insane. But, like, I feel like identifying first the feeling and then, like, what was the moment I started feeling it. Even if it doesn't show anything, like, big right away, I feel like over time you can see patterns. Like, now when I look back at myself – when i was like actively out in the world dating and hooking up and whatever i can see patterns so clearly and you can't the whole thing about patterns is you can't see them in the middle you have to you know you do have to have a little bit of experience and time whatever to kind of see them but and i feel like and therapy um but i feel like you know even just like you know keeping a feelings journal i love i love a journal yeah. i love a reflection process
1: uh, I, yeah, journaling is very helpful and soothing and cal- soothing like self-soothing, but then also calming. Like It calms down the feelings you might want to have outwardly, at least it does
0: for me. Yeah, oh, um, 100%. So let's talk really quick about these three hidden dimensions under most relationship fights. Yes. And for each of these three things, I was thinking we could each share a quick, like, you know, just what it sparks for us. Yeah, ways we have felt these things. So the three, I'm gonna give the three dynamics first, and then I'll give some examples of each. Yep. one at a time. So the dynamic, the dimensions are power and control. Number two, care and closeness. Number three, respect and recognition. So power and control. These are these are like you undermine me with the kids because I don't make as much money as you. I feel like I have to check with you before I buy anything. Or like, we only have sex when you want to. It's about like, you know, the other person having more say in your relationship than you do.
1: Yeah. So very interestingly, I will share my biggest fight of COVID. That's been kind of an ongoing insecurity. Uh, And I weirdly think, Liza, when I really look inward at myself and post more to myself, it has to do with this one, power and control. But I often lash out saying that it's about care and closeness or that it's about respect and recognition when really it has to do Mm. with my own lack of control. Um, So I – Yeah, I I think. I I don't know. Liza, you know this well and I won't go into all the detail, but I've had had some challenges. The person that I'm dating had a very significant ex who was a very close family friend and there's a very tight-knit community when – they're back and home and they might run into each other and I was just home and I had a lot of stress around that. So the biggest fight was about some communication there that I had okayed because someone is not doing well. I don't want to get into too many details, but it was very normal. Like, But I have such a a deep-rooted fear and insecurity about people leaving me or betraying me That I have spun out of control a couple of times and gotten really jealous over like other (laughs) young family friends like being flirtatious. And it's really uh, about me not being able to control like the future. None of us can control what happens to us. I weirdly do feel incredibly cared for, incredibly secure in like the love that I have in my relationship more than ever. So that's like that care piece that I'll throw like, do you even care if you cared? And the respect piece too, I also feel more respected and genuinely trust that like the bigger boundaries would never be crossed. But I uh, fight dirty when I feel a little bit buzzed and like uh, I have a reason to be insecure. And some of you might be listening and being like, uh-oh, Kimmy, it sounds bad. But like, you know, I've looked through entire… Phones, so you know that really unhealthily this is how bad it got trying to be vulnerable but that I actually feel like uh, that like I do actually feel quite secure if you had to tell me like you are gonna have to tell your truth or die I'd like be like no 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 I actually do feel secure but it's like I want to tell myself this story still almost four years into uh knowing someone not a relationship but three yeah. years into a relationship that the the bad thing is gonna happen and again it's yeah. time time to get back into therapy about this stuff but it's just like this is where i feel myself ha-
0: wanting power and control and i can't have it Does that makes sense totally oh 100 percent. i mean i i feel like that's so relatable the the feeling of like of not being able to control the way your partner feels about you forever is terrifying. Yeah. I constantly when I was watching, I watched scenes from a marriage, as everyone who is a regular listener knows, because I talked about it a lot and talked about Oscar Isaacs Bean and whatnot. Um, but like, it, you know, it's about a marriage kind of falling apart and their relationship and blah, blah, blah. I was such a fucking mess watching this. And like every 20 minutes I would pause and go up to Jeff and be like, hey, are you going to cheat on me? And he was like, no, but like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, uh, you know, it's just it, the the knowing that you are taking a huge, you know, handing your fucking heart to another person and just being like, don't shit on it yeah. is really scary. And of course, that brings up stuff in, in everyone. Yeah. But I think it's smart to put it under this category. I think it's it's true. It can feel like it goes into care and closeness or respect and recognition. But really, it, that's what it is. It's that we are somewhat powerless in this and don't have control. And, like, that's really fucking hard. Yeah, it is.
1: Yeah, it's like I'm ashamed to admit it even in this moment. And I'm not saying – like, they're you know, it's definitely still a, a, a fight that came up because it was like – What are my boundaries, but also what is realistic? And I just, yeah, I don't know. But it feels, yeah, it's just I'm terrified. I'm not, I've never, and it's not that I'm terrified because of who I'm with. It's that I've always been terrified and I, like, maybe we've talked about this and I've talked about it with my therapist and, like, knowing for 10 years I was eventually going to lose my mom. I know we all are eventually going to lose our parent or our loved one or our friend or our partner. It's really depressing. (laughs) I can't think about it, but... I don't know, this fear of like things, the the worst thing happening is it's creeping back in in a weird way and maybe, I don't know, I I don't know, but I'm...
0: Well, it's also like year by year you get closer and closer to your partner, so the idea of losing them gets crazier all the time. I think it's just to give you chits upon chits, which is like recognition, lol, we'll get to that. (laughs) I think it's very, very like empowering that you're even sharing this because I think a lot of people feel it but we don't talk about it because we're afraid that people are going to be like well your relationship sucks get out of it which is insane because relationships are work and you have to like negotiate all of your greatest inner demons and feelings and insecurities and baggage with another person's while also trying to share domestic responsibilities and money like it's an insane you know this is an tier perel thing is like it is very very hard to find someone who can satisfy every aspect of everything it, Nay, impossible so yeah. like i think it's very very cool and strong and important that you're sharing this and it's a big reason we want to do this episode with sharing stuff like this just like we both have good relationships where our partners respect us and love us And if people only see the good things, this goes back to social media, you know, they might feel in their own relationships when things come up, like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Or what the fuck is wrong with my relationship? Yeah. Which, you know, people shouldn't feel. Yeah. It's like the way women didn't talk about,
1: like, pleasuring themselves for so long or something. It's almost like another thing. It's very different. (laughs) That's just the example that came to mind. But, like it just feels like if I would, maybe this is why you like scenes from a marriage so much. Like I could just be a fly on the wall. Cause when, when relationships like totally fall apart and you found that this person was cheating, it's like almost you feel disgusting kind of like you don't revel in it, but you're like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. It feels really juicy in an awful way. But I almost like there's this part of me that's like, Oh my gosh, I would have never known. And like, I feel like, like it's comforting to know that other people (laughs) Have issues too. Uh, totally. If you could just see the fights that were had so that you wouldn't feel kind of even, – Even again, back to like early dating. Like I felt so comforted when I would just share in therapy or with a friend. Like I totally freaked out on this guy and we're not even in a serious relationship. Like I freaked out and I feel like an insane person. But then we hear from you all. Like everyone has that moment where they're drunk and they're texting or, or not drunk or just feeling something. I – it's, yeah, it's just a, it's very vulnerable to admit how human we are and to admit if we're wrong or, or not wrong sometimes, just like angry and in the right. Totally. even. But it's just messy. And it's
0: wild. Like I have best friends, really, really close friends who I love. And I feel like we've shared like deep parts of our souls with each other who will not talk to me about fighting with their partners. And I'll talk to anyone about fighting with my partner. It's and, really comforting. And then, no, part of that is just you know like i have a i have a great relationship and i'm not worried like if other people say like oh girl he's problematic and you're like i know he's not you mm-hmm. know what i mean like mm-hmm. i don't feel i don't feel vulnerable in talking about those fightings because i feel really confident in my relationship so that's like uh, that's a lie i do feel vulnerable about talking about fighting that's a big part of why we're doing this episode i guess what i'm saying is with my very very closest friends i don't feel vulnerable about that but like with you, with with you know the mm-hmm. handful of like female friends that I really close female friends that I have, I am happy to talk about it. But I have people in that same circle that I would talk to about my re- fighting in my relationship who I don't think want, feel comfortable talking to me about it. That's how stigmatized it is. Yeah, like yeah. people you know well, people you've probably seen naked. You know, whatever. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I do love to go to a naked spa with my friends. I think it's empowering. Um, it's another kind of vulnerability
1: what, that can be challenging, but. This is so confiding. Sharing fighting. Sharing Truly. troubles. Um. <sighs> okay. So Sorry to make that control. all about me.
0: <laughs> Not at all. I'll do the next one. So, okay. The next one is care and closeness. And some examples of this that Esther gives are, why can't you support me when I'm anxious rather than making me feel worse about my coping skills? Why am I always the one to text or call you? I pursue you distance. Why don't we have sex anymore? Those are some examples of care and closeness. So- Okay, so this might be a bad one for me to do. This is honestly the one of these three that I relate to the least. But I think that that has partially been because of COVID. I think Mm pre-COVID, I was getting this from Jeff. I think he was feeling that I was extremely not present for him because I worked many more hours than he did have, I mean, he has a very active social life, but like, I just had a more active social life. You know, like, he's, <laughs> Popular. I just, you know, <laughs> but I just, you know, it's like, I just have more social stuff going on. You know, him and his group of friends do less stuff because they're like, I don't know, men or something or whatever. So that was, um, that, that was something that I think he was really concerned about was like, you know, you're not, You don't really care about our relationship. You're not really here that much. You're not really whatever. And I've talked a million times on this podcast about like my deep need for independence in a relationship. Mm -hmm. So that could be kind of triggering to me. I could be kind of like you're trying to control me and I'm going to freak out and I'm going to lose it. And if you do this, our relationship is over, which you would be like, hey, like, I think you're being dramatic. I'm just saying like maybe we need to go away for a weekend together. Mm. Or like, could you just like send me a check in text when you work like a really long day or like could we just have like a five-minute phone call if you're going to be at work till 10 p.m. so I can like say hey and see how you're doing and see how your day is going. You know like those are all great solutions
1: like yeah the same dynamic in the same direction happens in my relationship especially lately because I've been busier and like yeah yeah it doesn't mean like little little
0: things yeah and that's again why we keep kind of um, underscoring that this is about relationships that have like fairly healthy dynamics like there I can see a lot of a lot of relationships where one partner is really controlling of the other person's time and energy and, and closeness and I can see this being a really big issue but it's funny because during COVID we got to spend so much time together and truly it's mostly felt like a very fun sleepover all the time like it's been a gift to be able to hang out together this much because we didn't see each other that much before covid really yeah and it's been really great and so I think that we've both in covid been like, okay when the world goes back to normal whenever that is like I've realized like I have to prioritize this way more I've gotta you know it's i I can't just say like I am an independent woman and I'll see you when I see you I have to be like oh actually you're the person that I'm closest to in the whole entire world so I've got to like not be on my you know like if if I spend too much time with you I'm not a feminist bullshit and actually like make sure Mm -hmm. I'm putting in like the care and attention um
1: yeah yeah I hear you I feel like that's going to be a big transition for anyone who lived together even roommates like you have an awful thing happen at work and you have someone you can go vent to or get a hug from like that's gonna be a tr- transition sorry it's just all dawning on me as we as we go back there was one other piece that I just feel like is a common dynamic in hetero relationships uh within caring cl- closeness when the why can't you support me when I'm anxious rather than making me feel worse about my coping skills not exactly that but I do feel this dynamic. Or see this dynamic play out in a lot of relationships. And it's gonna, it's super gendered. I'm talking like cis, straight, men versus women. But um, thinking about being the fixer, wanting to fix things versus like just – like sometimes I get really, really anxious. And I, 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 the vibe I get from day 13 is like, hey, we can do this and this and this. And it's so sweet. But like I more just want to be able to talk it out and feel the thing. And I – Maybe it isn't as gendered as I think, but I feel like there is this dynamic that I've heard of through other friends. This like fixer. We've probably talked about it before. Having a fixer versus like some like basically having two different meanings of caring closeness, like fixing or doing. Mm-hmm. Versus this is love languages. I'm not 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 brainstorming anything brand new and intelligent here, but uh, I don't know. I just feel like that's another interesting dynamic of like how you show your care or
0: your closeness. Totally. Oh my God. I wish I had the reference, the, the, um, the, I wish I could give credit for this. It was someone tweeted or something that in their relationship, or maybe it was with their kid, they started asking if they need an ear or if they need like mm. solutions. And mm. I've, we, Jeff and I have kind of been doing that too. Cause it's been really helpful. Like if we're, if, if someone's having a tough time with something to be like, do you need, like when we signed on today, I was like, You were like, I kind of need to rant. And then I ranted at you for 10 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Like sometimes it's just, yeah, you just still, you need to fucking rant, whatever. And knowing the difference and like speaking to it, Mm. I think can really help avoid fights. Because I've definitely gotten in that fight where I'm like, you are giving me solutions and I just want empathy. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. I just wanted to
1: shout that out. And again, I think, again, early dating or other relationships, this all applies. I know I'm kind of forcing this, but I really believe it. And I'm thinking like early on, it's like. I don't need you to like – someone's not res- being super responsive about scheduling that third date. You went on a second date and you thought they said, let's do karaoke sometime. Maybe being like even to your friends when you talk about the frustration there or to them being like, I just need you to hear me. I don't need you to like plan the date. Like, Because sometimes I think that fights can happen really quickly or or um, even friends lending an ear can try to offer solutions really quickly to things where you just want like commiseration uh, or within an early dating thing like the karaoke example <laughs> I just made up. Uh just you want that person to kind of know you, you don't you have to don't have to go on that elaborate date that they said. Cause it can be kind of like, ooh, fine then I'll plan something. And it's like, no 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 I want you to just hear me and then like mm-hmm. respond to just like if you're still interested or not. Like I'm really going off on it. It's it's probably the gas fumes. So I'm sorry <laughs> for that one. Not but at
0: all. I think it's trying. all it's all interesting and good. Um, okay, let's do the last category. The yes. last one is respect and recognition. And some examples of this are, you go out with your friends without asking me what I'm doing. You never acknowledge my professional accomplishments. I don't think you realize how much I do around the house.
1: Logistics.
0: This one is, this is the, the big one in my relation. It's a big one. And this is the big one. This is the big category for me. And it's funny because... A big part of this during COVID has been, I would say this was not the big one. This is the care and closeness one and the respect and recognition one got swapped due to COVID. Mm. Because as I've complained about or talked about, I lost, all, I went from working all the time to having almost no work and becoming a grad student. And my income really changed. And I also started doing like a lot of the domestic responsibilities because my partner's work got way busier during COVID. <laughs> so it was a natural progression. I was not working. He was working way more than he ever had. And I started to have like I had like a, a weekly domestic freakout, often with <laughs> <Sorry>. like feminist <laughs> anger undertones. And he was, I will say, really great about it and really responsive. But there seemed to be, like, no amount of recognition that was enough. You mm. know, him thanking me five times for doing something wouldn't be enough. And that definitely spurred some fights where he was like, I don't know what to do. I can do more of the household stuff if you want. It's just, it's going to be later. It's not, I'm not going to be able to, like, wash the dishes when you decide the dishes have to be washed. because You know, it, it was, like, a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. And... Um, I was certainly, you know, it was certainly when I take a step back and look at what it was really about, I was feeling powerless, you know, I was feeling frustrated and powerless and uncertain of what was next in my life. And I was wanting him to like, tell me that I was doing amazing, even though I just by doing the dishes or whatever it was. And, you know, that was because I felt really bad about myself for a minute because I was like, oh my God. Like, my income's gone, my this is gone, I'm on unemployment. I'm, and truly, I was luckier than so many people who lost their jobs during COVID. But it was a tough thing, and it it really, I think, brought out in- – I think a lot of respect and recognition for me is about insecurities. Yep. And it brought out a lot of insecurities. So, you know, that, that was like a big burden, and a lot of fights came out of that context.
1: Yeah, no, I think – It's very challenging. I think challenges like that when you're in really two different life phases in terms of career or honestly, yeah, anything else. Kind of like busyness. The pandemic has really kind of highlighted that. Um, And it's just everything's heightened. Everything's stressed. So shall we give some solutions?
0: I feel like we've sort of talked through what we should do to wrap this up, Liza. Yes. Let's do it. I'm going to give – I'm going to give let's, – yeah, let's do some, some some tips on good fighting. So can I tell you what I'm really bad at in fighting and that you um,
1: mentioned earlier is the like knowing when to uh, let go. Why can't I think of the language? You said this. This is not that hard. It, it's a chemical brain. Uh, when – like in a fight, I will sometimes dig my heels in so hard and be like, "No." I mean, I will I was justified for being so angry and name-calling and and it's like I feel like a child again. I'm like it's time to just apologize fully instead of being like, "Sorry." Be like, "So sorry." This is where it came from. Sometimes it takes me a minute to get there, but I would say mm-hmm. maybe like tip number 1 to me or you is to really just like like lean into addressing things maturely. It's like if the fight is not totally don't go to bed angry that's such like a common saying but let's say you do or like you guys are just not getting anywhere you need to come back and have the mature conversation it can't just end with heels dug in and then move forward even if totally. it's like an angry text i feel like you just need to then address it in your big girl voice or they need to address yeah. it in their big boy or girl voice and i don't yeah just totally give it out something that it hurts but it, do it sooner than later sorry
0: yeah well i also think that like it's about, I think it's really powerful to admit one thing you were wrong about. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that you, none of your points in the fight had merit. Like, this has become a big part of our of our fight postmortems, which is like, I think Jeff and I have gotten really good at fighting. It's something I'm weirdly <laughs> proud of in our relationship. Be. Like, we have a fight. And then for a long time, Jeff is a very, like, solve it, solve it now Fix it now. Figure it out. Don't leave anything lingering. Like, that's his thing. Mm -hmm. I have get wildly angry and need to calm down. So for a long time, Mm. he would have fights where I would just be like, get the fuck away from me. Get away from me. I can't talk to you. Get away from me. And he would be like, no, we're fixing this. We're going to figure it out. We have to do it right now, whatever. And I was like, you need to give me fucking 10 minutes to be angry, whatever. So I think now he has learned to walk away. I have learned to calm down. And then we can come back together. And it often starts by each of us. I mean, this isn't something we, like, do intentionally. I just think we each come back together and the first thing we say is, I was wrong about this and I'm sorry.
1: Mm -hmm. Like,
0: and it doesn't mean, like, almost always I think our fight, both people have a good point of view. Both people have something solid in their, I mean, and also occasionally one person is being completely fucking unreasonable and then usually, like, you know, one of us admits it. Like, I'm sorry, yeah. I need to just go to sleep or to eat instead of taking out all my frustration at you. Or uh, to yeah. send the work email I'm avoiding instead of being mean to you. Yep. yep. Um, but usually each person has, like, a good solid point underneath the fight. So by coming back together and each admitting one thing or being like, hey, I shouldn't have said this and I'm sorry, mm-hmm. that was not cool. Where it was coming from was here. But I was wrong about this. And I took out like this feeling by saying this thing that made you feel bad. And like that I, I think if you if you can take the first step in saying like, Hey, I was wrong about X and I'm sorry, yeah. it will empower the other person to do that. And that like immediately deescalates everything. Everyone's admitted something they did wrong. You've gotten out you of your like egos wet
1: like you've gotten your ego like you've taken it down a notch as well, which again speaking a lot to my own experience, but that I really struggle with. Uh, I think that's great advice and for any conflict like this, any kind of yeah. fight or tiff, even with friends. Again, just, man, it sounds so easy
0: too. And then you're in it and you're like, I don't want to totally. do it. <laughs> but also like, think about – this is why it's so helpful to think about how you fight. I cannot do that until I have had 10 minutes to – 4 hours alone yep. to decompress. <laughs> the time shortens as I've gotten. It's funny, in a recent fight, Jeff and I were having this fight and then we, you know, we separated for 10 minutes, came back together and like immediately started laughing cuz we <laughs> both were like in the middle of that fight, I knew we were going to be laughing about this fight. In the middle <laughs> and of then the you fight hold we the both knew it was a ridiculous fight. We both knew we were being It was one of those fights where both of us were being totally fucking unreasonable about something stupid. It was a nighttime fight. It was a going to sleep fight. And then we separated. And, like, as soon as he popped his head back in the bedroom, we started laughing. And we both said, like, in the middle of that fight, we fucking knew we were going to be laughing about this. But no one wanted to back down. Like, it's just, you know, it's just hard. And also, like. Sometimes fights are about really, really big things like whether or not you want to move in together or get married. Like sometimes fights are like this was a stupid little fight about whose turn it was to take the dog out or something. And sometimes fights are about really big things that like don't have easy solutions. So I'm not downplaying that like sometimes it's harder to do that. Others, but it's good to think about how you personally like calm down and what helps you and then like communicate to that partner and like also like try to have a conversation about common fights when you're not fighting yeah. the next day, a couple of days that are being like, hey, we keep having this fight. Let's talk about it when like no one's mad. What do you think? What do you think it's about?
1: Yep. And I think to your point about the bigger fights, and the more challenging ones, I would also say this, you know, have an action plan, like ha- offer some solutions. Like, hey, I know it's, you know, this is a, re- a repeating large fight where I get insecure because of your the proximity of where you are with your family and how you might run into your ex. Uh, can you please just text me, or can we have a rule where it's like if you run into that person, you let me know? Like, it's silly, but if like things like this keep coming up, and again, speaking to my experience, it's like I just need I need things that you've like committed to because then it can then I can actually decide if there's like a line being crossed or or something or like totally it's showing or in the case of like you know Jeff asking you like. Or are you both asking each other, kind of, let's wait till dinner to come together and discuss this logistic. I feel like there are, setting out action plans after a fight, both for yourself, but also, like, for each other, uh, gives you something to work towards
0: that's a little bit tangible. Totally. And it'll also show you if your partner is willing to work with you on stuff, you know? like I think that's a huge thing, is you can't have these types of, like, productive fights or, like... Um, progress made in how you fight if your partner isn't willing to you know equally do that work or admit they're wrong sometimes or whatever and that I think is a real thing and if you continue to feel like no progress is being made through your fights or like they're getting repetitive and there's no Mm -hmm. forward motion then like that's a real thing to look at too because i think there are certain people i mean i'm super fucking stubborn like same both jeff and my parent both of my parents have told me that i am the most stubborn person they've ever met which is alarming (laughs) (laughs) but i there are people who are really so stubborn that they cannot change at all and that's like you know, even if they're not emotionally abusive or problematic or anything, yeah. like, that's a real problem. It's really, really tough to be in a long, committed relationship with someone like that. I I have been in one.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And any other nice fighting tips? I don't know. I'm trying to think. I don't know. Look, don't sleep on. Don't go to bed angry. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you true. mentioned it before. It is, and yeah. it is a cliche, but oh man, yeah. Don't, it don't gives you a deadline.
1: It, to, it gives a deadline for you to check your ego or say the one thing you did yeah. wrong or like address the thing at all, you know, whether totally. or not you're you're saying I'm
0: sorry or saying
1: you fucker. Just you're taking it down a notch. So.
0: Yeah. You can fix it. Have sex. Go to bed. Everybody's happy. Yeah. <laughs> night night. Uh, <laughs> well, on question? That note, I don't think we have time for our listener question, but we'll do it next week. I promise it's a good one. Um. It's a good one. We'll do it next week. We keep you hanging on. I love talking about fighting. I think we should do it more, and maybe have an expert on. Ooh.
1: Yeah, we we definitely should. <laughs> we should do like live therapy. No, we should. I know but that would be. You know what we could
0: do, which might be fun, is have have our partners on to discuss what they think of our fighting styles. Oh my gosh, you're all gonna be like, well, Kimmy's a monster. No, Jeff would fucking love the uh, no, like same. Eh, you're not. But also, Jeff would be like, "Oh, my temper is. Oh, Liza becomes the most unreasonable person I've ever met in the entire world, who like literally cannot be reasoned with."
1: Like, and if you are relating to either Liza or I, not that I'm relating us to each other, but like I read, I recommended um Casey Wilson's book, her autobiography, and she talks about her experience with anger, and um, I like it. It yeah. made me feel less alone. Um, oh. <laughs> so just shouting that out. But also, I, I'm i not trying to tell you that you're like me.
0: Because Liza doesn't have the same level of temper that I do. I don't get mad. I get fucking obstinate. And in some <laughs> ways, it's worse. Because if I got mad, like, you can work with anger. But when I'm just like, nope, I'm right, perfect, and you're wrong and horrible. And I will say that calmly until you lose your mind. Like, that's frustrating. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like that's, I I would much rather fight with Jeff than fight with myself. He, I find him to be way more reasonable in a fight. I than me. I would
1: say the same in my relationship. But you know what, ladies, it's tough out there. There, are the Everyone. Patriarchy. Wants- Look, the patriarchy is <laughs> literally trying to tell us what we can and cannot do with our bodies. So, man, don't like that. Okay. On Anyways, onwards and upwards. Thank you for being here.
0: Thank you for listening. Thank you for existing. We will be back very soon. And we love you and go on a date. Love you, go on a date and don't get in a fight. Oh do.